Hello and welcome to the Maluli Asset Management Podcast. Today is July 23rd, 2014. This is Brendan and today Tom and I are going to talk about low volatility because it's kind of become somewhat of a, a buzzword, I guess, that some people don't understand. I suppose you could use that. I know that it's become run around a lot. More and more people are hearing that term and they want to know what exactly low volatility means. I know that we're hearing it more and more uh, used more frequently in the industry and I know that it's getting out there because clients are now starting to ask about it too. So it's be a good topic to talk about. At the, at the most basic level, what are these low volatility funds really? These are, very basically, these are investments that move less than other investments. Yeah, so to explain that further, we need to talk a little bit about beta and I don't think we should just assume that everybody knows what beta is. So do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, beta, the letter from the Greek alphabet, it's simply how we measure risk or how we measure volatility. So let me give you an example. Okay. The, uh, the yardstick, say we use the S&P 500 as one of our yardsticks, it, that would have a beta of one, exactly one then in theory, a company stock that moves less, it, it moves around less than the S&P 500 in total, or say it carries a dividend. So, you know, most of those dividend paying companies will likely have a beta below one. And then a company that's a high growth stock will most likely have a beta that's more than one. We've seen some biotech stocks have a beta of 1.6. Mm -hmm. And we've seen some electric utilities have a beta of 0 0.7. Mm -hmm. Just to give you an, an example of that. Yeah, so if you want low volatility, like we're talking about here, uh, that really means you want lower risk. So you're looking for lower uh, funds that are made up of lower beta investments. That's right. So you're looking for a portfolio where the average beta is less than one, mm -hmm. less than the underlying yardstick. So you want to uh, talk a little bit about the granddaddy of the industry and yeah, low volatility? The, the most well-known low volatility index is the S&P 500 uh, low volatility, which is SPLV, is the ETF uh, that, that tracks this. Right. Um, so out of the 500 stocks in the S&P 500, it takes 100 of those with the uh, the lowest volatility, so the lower the lower beta names from the S and P five hundred. Right, and I'm guessing that every now and then they probably have to check that list and kick a few out and yeah. make some changes. So I guess what they're what they're really trying to do is make sure that they've got the lowest volatility names of the S and P five hundred at at all times. So what are you going to find? If you were to peer through the list of what's in that in that basket of a hundred stocks, uh, well, it's heavily weighted in electric utilities, like you had mentioned earlier. They have traditionally have uh, low betas or lower betas than the market. Yep, they're slow movers. They pay good dividends, mm -hmm. and they're really, you know, kind of stodgy. Yeah, uh, and then you're going to see some industrial names, some financials, and uh, consumer sectors. Okay, so I know that uh, banks often pay dividends, so that probably makes a lot of sense that you'll see financial stocks in there as well. 
So Brendan, now we're starting to see some interesting developments taking place now in the low volatility investment arena. Right. So we were just talking about SPLV, which is, like we said, the most common low volatility fund that, you know, that most people are going to know. Now we've seen the low volatility concept branch out into uh, a lot of different areas. I mean, we've seen um, specific sectors and asset classes with low volatility mm -hmm. funds and even uh, international so, um, funds that, that are going low volatility too. So we're starting to see this concept really kind of spread its wings and becoming more applicable all across the investment landscape. You can use this in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, and that's good because it, it can be useful um, for particular kinds of investors that are looking for something. Like, what what would a what would somebody who wants to invest in a low volatility fund be looking for? It's just been my experience that uh, over the past year we've um, we've talked to a lot of new clients who have not been in the market the last few years, and they feel like they've kind of missed out on the party or they've missed out on something and they, they're not really sure if they want to just stomach 100% of the market risk and jump back into the market now. So we found a, a nice way to kind of get someone to stick their toe back in the water, so to speak, is through these low volatility funds. Yeah. So they're, they're a great way to get exposure into the market or into a sector without opening themselves to all of the risk that typically comes along with investing you know, in the stock market. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think, Brendan, you and I also discussed that there's times where you want to be all in and yeah. other times where you're not. So, so far in 2014, we've seen, um, you know, 100% growth investments haven't done as well as they did last year. Right. So instead of having, or rather than not have the growth investments at all, you can tone down uh, the volatility that they bring with them by using a low volatility fund. So you can have a little bit of both so that when one is doing well and the other one isn't, they're kind of evening each other out. Right. It's a little diversification there within funds. Yeah, and we've seen just in this year alone, as Brendan was alluding to, that you know the pure growth plays really worked out great in January and February. Low volatility, not so much. But then we got to March and April, and the situation kind of switched. We saw low volatility do better as some of the high growth names were pulling back. back. Bit, yeah. And we've seen this kind of tennis match going on yeah through the whole year. We're into July now. We, so, we see this going. There's not one trend that's leading the other. Yeah. So, I mean, and you don't want to be uh, trying to time the market and be like in the growth funds when they're hot and out of them when, when they aren't and into the low volatility because that's, I mean, yeah, everybody would love to do that, but it's not very easy to do. So having a little bit of both uh, can, you know, you can get the upsides of a good good month for growth and then the upsides of a low volatility month that follows it at the, the same time. You know, the other thing that that also helps with is that you're not constantly flipping over the portfolio and saying, okay, this month or two, we're going to be high growth. Mm -hmm. And next month, we're flipping into low volatility. Yeah. So it, it stops the transactions. It keeps your costs low. And that's really what we're trying to do here is put together a long-term game plan. So when we talk about different investment strategies and different investment ideas, it's important to know that 
None of these strategies and securities that we mention in this podcast or in any podcast represent a past specific recommendation of Maluli Asset Management. And this podcast is not a recommendation to buy or sell any of the securities that we happen to mention in here. More importantly, if you're relying on a podcast for investment advice, we think you might be making a mistake. And so we strongly urge our listeners to consult with their investment advisor before they make a decision to buy or sell any kind of investment. If you don't have an investment advisor, we'd be happy to answer whatever questions you have without any kind of cost or without any kind of obligation. Just pick up the phone. We're in New Jersey. You can call us at area code 732-223-9000 or you can find us on the web at maluli.net. Okay, that's all we have for now. We'll be back next week with a new topic. And thanks for listening.